Welcome to Empathy Power Up, a collaboration of two people who connected during the pandemic through their love of empathy and action. Two people from very different backgrounds, helping each other find ways to love themselves, understand their experiences better, and help reverse the rise of narcissism and the divides in our communities. We will cover various topics about the human experience to help us power up on tools of empathy and emotional intelligence in the pursuit of one simple goal, create a world where people seek to understand themselves and each other. This is a learning journey amongst fellow humans. We're all just figuring out life together. Imagine a world where the concept of failure did not exist. What would that be like? I was talking to a friend over a weekend trip and they were sharing that they were afraid to leave their toxic relationship with their church and their family um, because they were afraid of taking that leap and failing. They were afraid of taking that risk. They were okay with the depression and harm that was causing because it was familiar. And this is fundamentally what we're talking about today. The word loser, failure, is something that is a function of our society, and it's often used to divide and hold power. If we show that success is possible and someone is not successful, then they are a failure, they're a loser. And then the focus moves away from the system and this system of creating failures and losers and, and winners and to focusing on the individual deficiency and the power stays with the powerful. Humans act based on our fear of failure. We act to avoid all the things that we're afraid of. We make choices based on that. However, the system and the society has created this concept of failure and enveloped it with shame. And when we don't achieve a goal, we feel shameful. Our family feels shameful. And failure is such a common experience in our cultures. So that's what we're talking about today, facing failure. Amy, let's talk failure. Ah, uh, yes, failure. <laughs> um, so being able to take new challenges on and making missteps along the way is entirely human. Um, but without these missteps, we wouldn't be able to be resilient and learn from our past. Um, and and also in the context of empathy, which is where we are with the empathy power up, is it is such a key component to having empathy for other people. Um, being able to have missteps and having failures, perceived failures, humbles us. We realize we can't win every time. And we're also still learning and growing and that we also can see other humans as human beings too, that are flawed and failing as well. And, and, you know, I'm so glad we're talking about this today because it really is a problem we need to address. Failure is a natural consequence of learning something new. Um, and if we, we keep trying new things, but over time, like it's like riding a bike, for example, we're going to be, um, we're going to fall a few times. We're going to, um, but we have to get back up, you know, we're going to fall, we're going to, you know, fail, but by, um, insulating ourselves from this failure, 
we're not going to be growing and changing and learning new things. Um, and, and as we've said in previous episodes, most of us desperately prevent change from happening mm. because we fear the unknown mm. and the way we frame failure also makes us anxious. So there's lots of feels we have when it comes to failure and change and they're so intertwined and we mainly feel mis fear mistakes and change because we've associated it with a negative consequence. It generates anxiety with us and if we that if we don't succeed that we'll be looked down upon demoted and may even lose our job and power in the workplace and in our relationships. But since change is inevitable, we really need to develop that mindset that allows us to let things happen as they unfold instead of really looking at it from a place um, of failure around place of denial, resistance and avoidance. We should just deal with it head on. Yeah, I love that. Facing failure, deal with it head on. And this concept you brought about, which is this, usually the change, the resistance, this blocker to to leaning into that change or embracing change is, is such a big part is failure or afraid, the fear of failure rather, and not wanting to face it. Um, when we experience a win, our brains release endorphins, dopamine and serotonin, which encourage us to in, engage in a task again. We enjoy that. Humans love it. When we experience a failure, our brains release cortisol and do not leave us with the feelings of acceptance and safety. And so even evolutionary, like our body is like when we feel failure, it's that shame, like you said, like the shame, the denial, this idea of oh, we might not be good enough or we just failed and and, and just the, everything is over. Like the chemicals in our body are also making us feel that way. And it's a function of sort of how we believe and been grown into the system. An extreme example, um, but a common one is from India. Uh, when I, where I grew up, every year I would hear stories about kids um, who have taken, these are kids in 11th or 12th, 10th or 12th grade, who are doing the statewide or national-wide uh, board examinations, where every student, there's like, everyone takes the examination at the same time and then there's the results that come out and there's a lot of pressure to do well in here and not fail from parents from teachers from friends from peers from everywhere and every year i would hear one or two stories of some student committing suicide because they didn't get the 95% score they got an 80% or 88% in in their in their examinations or they didn't think they did well and this is, is, is an, ex an extreme example where the system and the society has put such a big burden on, on their way of succeeding that it forces people to take such drastic measures based on their shame, based on their, their worldview crushing from just some, a simple number that in the long term, in the long term of life, people like you and I who've been through it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it did in that moment, and I understand, but it is such a powerful tool used, this idea of you have to succeed or else. And 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 so this example sort of helps 
bring to light this systemic challenge of us having this negative relationship, unhealthy relationship with with failure. Mm, yeah, I I think that I think what's what's resonating with me with this these um, exams in particular. I was it's funny that you mentioned this because my um, sister's um, parent. Um, parents-in-law um are come from india and also um he, we were just talking about that when i was up in brooklyn um they were coming to visit and i um um he, the the one the father lives in uh, works was working in parliament before and he was talking about this exact these board examinations and he was like he was kind of like bragging and talking about how he was able to to figure to to take this test and pass it and he was able to achieve a lot of greatness in his life because he was able to pass it but not everybody gets a chance to do that and so it's showing how the system in some ways is rigged it's like the system is saying you have to be this way you know and then and then if you're not you know you don't matter in the world and you won't succeed and your lifetime, you know, um, you know, over your lifetime, you're going to be yeah. suffering and having a hard time ever since then. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, this fear of failure is a key component that blocks us from embracing change because, because yeah. that's what the system tells us. And I think this idea, this embracing change is, is, is because the system wants to maintain itself, wants to keep that mm -hmm. status quo. Yeah. And we, we willingly jump in and accept it, right? Yeah. In a way, like change is defining our lives. at And conceptually, at least, we really know this. But in practice, it's a different story. And so let's go back to like India um, as well with Buddhism. Buddhism has this lovely idea of impermanence that says life is always changing and flowing and really nothing stays the same. And I've been trying to incorporate some of these practices more recently in my life. And I think this idea of impermanence is is realizing and really pointing out in a beautiful way that we're always ebbing and flowing. And, and if we look at change and failure through this lens too, we can see it's not really failure per se, this is all part of human nature. And, and also in Buddhist thought too, um, that I think is fitting here is also the idea of non-attachment. And uh, Buddha says that the root of suffering is attachment. So if we, if we don't attach ourselves to the outcome, we avoid suffering. Um, and the idea of non-attachment is kind of an interesting thing to wrap your mind around. It's often misunderstood because we often think about things we can own or touch that we get attached to. But really, it's more about the ideas and beliefs that we hold on to um, and hold on to us and then hold us back. So, um, well, if we we have failure, we have change in this way. Um, if failure and change will all, always lead to suffering because we're attached to the outcome and we're attached to the things that are in our lives and it really has a hold over us. Yeah, I think this this idea is so important because it uh, in in my life in my mom she like on her system was success looks like 
you you know, you get a job or you work in business, make money, get married, have kids. And that's what her outcome was for her kids. And both kids didn't follow that path. And in we made, I made my own choices and I'm gay and I married a man. I didn't have kids. Um, I, I sort of left my country and, and went and, and came to the United States and made my home here. My brother went down a different route. And so all these things that you just attachment to the outcome, because that's what the system and a lot of the people they're surrounded by do. And she'll, she'll still come back and say like, oh, why? So and so X and Y, X, y uh, this person is doing this way, that person is doing it this way. But it's really, like you said, the attachment to the outcome rather than every path is different and unique because there isn't a formula for life that exists and, and because it's just random. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think also it's not just about like looking at in a bigger way, like, you know, that um, success can mean look and feel and be different things. But like we, as we're figuring life out, we're, we're going to be failing and there is change going back to that Buddhist thought, like impermanence, everything's f changing and moving around. And so we have to kind of normalize it. So one of the great examples I think of normalizing failure is an organization that I came across a few years ago and pardon, pardon the, the, um, the phrase here, but this is actually what the organization is called. It's called fuck up nights. And these gatherings are all over the world. It's where startup companies and other companies, uh, people in companies start share short stories of failures to help reduce the stigma around failure so um that it's really making us feel like this idea that failure is something that you learn from not something to be afraid of um so i probably about five or six years ago i was inspired by this idea and i hosted a discussion group um which i think i called facing failure um, with innovation leaders from across the federal government it was something I was working in as director of innovation.gov. And in this space, failure is even more of a taboo topic in the federal government because the stakes are high with the budgets and the programs and the impact that you have. And we're also trying to unlock at the same time, if you're doing innovation, you need to unlock what, how we might change the culture to start embracing failure and be able to kind of transform how we're working together. Um, and so, so something that's really central to this idea of innovation, we had lots of conversations and I've learned over time that we have to reframe failure. Um, so a key component of this work of innovation and design is this idea of, of reframing, um, and taking that misstep or, um, uh, or failure is thought of as learning. So there's this belief that's called lean startup. And in that is this thing called the build, measure, learn loop. And you essentially just say, build something, you measure its impact, and then you learn from that. And so when you keep following that process, because over time you're providing value, um, it's a process that shows that you're going to get better every time. And we can make better decisions based on the knowledge we've gained through the experience an actual experience as opposed to 
just a lot of assumptions you're making out in the world. And so in a way, like failure in that instance, like you want to fail. We talk about this idea of failing fast, because if you fail fast, that you're, you're learning fast. And the more you fail, the better your product is going to be, because then you're not going to spend, you know, a year building something and then finding out that when you launch it, it fails out in the world. Yeah, and and I think this this is a big principle in in the tech industry. It's a big principle that's applied in in product development in general. And instead of um, building something that's a complete product in the get in, from the beginning, in and then launching it and then realizing a lot of it doesn't work any or it does is not the is doesn't fit the user's needs or the customer's needs. This idea of failing fast and in in trying and then learning and then adjusting and trying learning adjusting trying learning adjusting, is how most of the biggest most valuable most impactful companies have done um, products. And I think it's it's something that I embrace and use in every day is how do we go experiment and learn and try and in when when I work in product uh, with in my full time job, and I think it's so important for us to see that. We already are doing this in our system, in the economy, in the tech industry, in all of these places. We are build, measure, loop. Build, measure, learn loop is is active. Yet, we don't understand that what that is, is trying, learning, failing, trying, learning, failing. All of these things are happening. And if we just embrace that, we can embrace that even in government, we, can, we should be able to try, measure, learn, understand what the impact was, what the unintended impact was, and then change. But but when something happens, what what do we see? We see leaders stand up and say, "Oh, this is how it is. It's great." Instead of coming up and saying, "You know what? That didn't work. Let's try something else." And there'll be mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's this phrase that I like that drives me nuts every time: "Is this is the way we've always done it?" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that happened all the time in government, um, and and it's just like that's what we're fighting up against, and um, and this idea of like reframing failure, all this work. There's a reason why we bring it up in the podcast because embracing failure and instead of, you know, and you can name this to reframe it, right? We're embracing learning. Why embracing learning over time matters. And I think there's two reasons why um, that embracing this learning, build, measure, learn loop uh, matters is number one, we're able to have challenging conversations better. And in our relationships, one of the biggest sources of conflict is usually communication that we have. So it's not surprising that at the end of the day, we all have different communication styles and think in different ways. That's actually a key component of a more human workplace that we're all supported in our uniqueness and also a key component of like creating an innovative workplace too, because diversity usually means a better product in the end or a program. So at the end of the day, there's not just one way to do something. And um, when it comes to an organization, having a one track mind can be an organization's greatest weakness. So being able to manage conflict real time with confidence allows us to have greater clarity and to air our emotions out on a project. And we're able to have more transparency and empathy for each other as we go through kind of like these phases 
that we're going to be storming and learning from each other. And it's not about failing, it's about learning. And just one quick story here is that, um, is that that recently happened with me on in who I'm somebody I'm working with in the cooperative. Um, I think that just, I, I've just said to myself that, you know, I've, I'm going to be honest in how I feel about something and engaging with it. And I just had a completely clear head because I knew that this was a, um, we're just starting to work together and that, um, since I knew I was in that stage, I could have a clear head by talking it out because I was talking about how I was feeling about it. I asked for her feelings as well. And we kind of were able to, in the, in the muck of all of that, understand each other better and where we were coming from. And I think we're just going to have a better working relationship on the other end. Um, and I don't see that as a failure. That's just taking the time to get to know each other. Um, and then the last thing I would say is, is that we're able to, the reason why embracing all this failure matters is that we're able to feel safe and we're able to feel secure. So in our workplace, we're able to accept failure, um, accept failure, accept learning, learning from each other. It feels, makes us feel safe and secure which is what we usually call psychological safety in teams or organizations. So we can be authentic, share our opinions with confidence, contrast different ideas openly, and then present our ideas freely without fear of negative consequences. Going back to right at the beginning of the call where it's uh, the talk here, like of like thinking about like negative consequences and that anxiety we have, that anxiety has been lifted and then we can now trust that we've seen and heard and been accepted. So those are the two things. We were able to feel safe and secure and then also we can have those challenging conversations better in the workplace. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. I, I think the communication point is 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 really important because a lot of our communication challenges come when we're afraid of sharing our feelings because maybe there's shame or maybe we're afraid that those will be judged, but then we're afraid that we'll, we might end up coming across as a failure or a loser or something that aligns. And I think this importance of psychological safety in workplaces and, and a key component of that is um, not only embracing mistakes and failures, I, I look at it as celebrating failures and mistakes. Mm -hmm. I I lead a team and in my day job and I use this phrase almost every day. What mistakes are we celebrating today? Or what are the mistakes we're celebrating? Making it part of the one-on-one -on -one conversations, making it part of the culture is that it's okay to say, uh, raise your hand and say, I make a mistake and let's celebrate that. Because what it is, it's a growth moment. It's an opportunity for not only that person to learn, but everyone else to learn from that mistake. And I think mm -hmm. that is um, the way we can flip the mindset. And when I talked about that uh, when we experience failure, cortisol is released. I Now when mistakes happen, I feel less and less shittier because I'm able to embrace it. I'm able to celebrate it. I'm like, oh, that was a mistake. Okay, great, move on. Oh, I and now I get excited when I learn from a mistake because I'm like, oh, I just learned something new. So I sort of almost flipped the way my body responds to, to mistakes and failures. Hmm. Yeah, it's something I just wanted to point out to kind of close this, the loop here is that this idea of celebrating mistakes, 
it sounds like you are a manager, you're able to do this within your team, but what if uh, we as individuals just went back to our team right away and said, hey, can we start celebrating like our mistakes or the learnings that we're having and, and going back to your teams and saying, you know, let's start, let's start thinking about how, or what's our relationship at the end of the day to the mistakes or the failure that we're having and can we can we as a team or even us as individuals reframe it to think okay this is actually rapid learning as opposed to failure so the question today is what is your relationship to failure how do you reject or embrace it um also we're curious um what is what are you reframing it to um, talk about learning? How can you do that? And how can you bring it back um, to change mindsets, hearts and minds um, towards learning and growth as opposed to failure and this negative, these negative consequences we have. Empathy Power Up is produced by Amy J. Wilson and Kevin Shaw, two people who bonded over their love for creating a deeper sense of empathy in the world. You can reach Amy at Real Amy J. Wilson and Kevin at Shaw Kevin.